You're listening to Curated Consciously, a podcast that empowers our BIPOC and ally community to come together and dive into the work that needs to be done so we can cultivate vibrant healing environments from the inside out. I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, curator in chief and social entrepreneur coming at you from 9,000 feet in the Himalayas. You can connect with me and our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously and continue the conversation with us after every podcast episode in our Conscious Badass Facebook group. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation, Curated Consciously. I am so freaking grateful to have Yvonne back on the podcast today because uh, Yvonne has been this, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, has just been this very special human in my life. And uh, our relationship has grown as we have focused on our growth together, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's we have this amazing friendship. We have this amazing, amazing kind of partnership for like being accountable to like what's going on and how and you know what we need to work on and how to come together and help each other kind of heal and move forward. And I feel like I, I'm still in this journey of, of really understanding how I can be, uh, you know, a better support for my community to really navigate all of the shit. Uh, but Yvonne has like this superpower <laughs> for doing this. And of course, she's also an ICF and NLP certified coach. Uh, she's also a professional animator. Um, so I just want to first, Yvonne, just thank you for coming back and sharing this space with me because you have so much value to share with our audience. And um, it's also great to be able to connect so well with someone uh, who is a woman of color and such a badass that, you know, we can really go back and forth on all this shit together. So thank you for being here again. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for having me. And also what an intro. I, I hope I live up to the expectation. Now. <laughs> you always exceed my expectations. What are you talking about? <laughs> it well, sounds really cool. Right? <laughs> I do want to just <laughs> let listeners know that there is a one month old puppy sleeping on my lap who is very dependent. So if you hear any awkward like groans or small barks, it is because he is dreaming or uh, he often gets uncomfortable and just groans about it. So bear with me as uh, I'm mothering (laughs) as we go through this podcast. It Um, might also be me groaning, but but (laughs) (laughs) he did just wake up. So that's that's also a thing. (laughs) Sure, true that. Uh, no, that's perfect because we're actually going to be tackling some inner child talk today. So having a a puppy <laughs> life with us, it's actually quite perfect. So yeah, yes, yeah, actually, totally comes full circle and it, it makes us totally complete. And I mean, to to kind of get us into moving into the topic because I'm also like I I'm still learning so much and I and I feel like this this is also an opportunity for me to like learn from you while sharing it with our community. Um, but Yvonne basically introduced me to inner child work earlier this uh, this year, uh, you know, in the midst of all the bullshit with COVID and trying <laughs> to navigate my Saturn return and, you know, marriage and all of these things that are coming up and being so far from family. And, um, well, I, I mean, I guess I can, uh, do you mind if I'm also, you know, authentic about just like, you know, Yvonne was going through um, her, her coaching certificate and was using me as someone, or using me, she was taking advantage of me for this point. <laughs> I was so, I was so, so like grateful and blessed that I was able to uh, basically 
have her full attention as a friend and a coach in this amazing human. And she was basically working through different exercises to help me dive deeper into, uh, you know, the self-work that I needed to do. Um, and to be honest, you know, I feel like my experience with Yvonne this year has also helped me be more independent in diving deeper. Um, and I feel like it's also like a result of, of curated consciously. So Yvonne, you, you, your, your influence is massive. So um, when, <laughs> when I was first introduced to inner child work, I was fascinated because it's something that I realized was, you know, was there, you know, that, that there was healing that needed to be done. There was trauma that needed to be tackled that had been rooted in my childhood. So I guess just to start us off, you know, a high level and going deeper as, as we continue to talk, what, how do you define what inner child work is? Mm, okay, that's a great question. Um, so, I mean, it depends on really which school you're, you're learning from, right? But basically what inner child work is, is reconnecting to this experience that you had when you were a child. We were all children. That's a fact, right? You can't really be an adult without having been a, chil a child. Um, and when you're a child, you have experiences that either validate your emotions or repress them, right? And a lot of our behavior as adults plays out when we are the most triggered or the most vulnerable. And sometimes we can't really identify when that where that comes from. Uh, so we may lash out at a partner or we might just like have a, like a ten, temper tantrum out of the blue or just like feel really uh, anxious or abandoned or a bunch of things that we can't really recognize when we're undergoing that situation. And most of that comes from the trauma that we experienced when we were children. Right. So inner child work really is just like a portal, a portal, sorry, a nexus point for us to communicate to that experience, those feelings, those repressed emotions. Uh, and then we can just understand them and start to like work with them from, you know, like more compassionate and loving um, way, less judgment, just like relating to who we were back then and where all of this like started out and how it started. And then we can start like understanding how that shaped me into the adult that I am right now and what consequences I'm having, regardless of there being good or bad without judgment, really. But it's just, where is this coming from? And why do I react this way? Because a lot of the times it's just more reactivity rather than acting consciously, right? So that is sort of like a, like a really broad explanation of what inner child work is. Uh, so just to say that in one line, it's any form of self-discovery that allows us to exit, access, sorry, the, the child that we were, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious to your thoughts. Why do we become so disconnected from our childhood? And, you know, why is it that, you know, it takes us years and years and tons of work to understand that there, that what happened in our childhood plays such a big role? Where does that disconnect come from? Hmm. Oh, this is, this is juicy, juicy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So mm -mm. Let, let's talk about society <laughs> for a second, here right? <laughs> so yeah, here we go. I hope you guys have your coffees. Um, well, I think one of the reasons why we get so disconnected first is because of this socialization that we get. Like when when we're growing up, we are being conditioned and we are being socialized to, you know, just like become functional adult, adults. That is basically our journey as a child the transition into, you know, being born and then becoming this adult. 
And so a lot of what happens, and this this is not just to, to say this is a bad thing. We all need some sort of like boundaries and, and constraints so that we can, you know, be a functional um, individual in society. But what does happen and what does happen is that when we are having, say, a experience as a child and it doesn't quite fit what we're supposed to be doing, we get told by our caretaker or parents that, no, that's not okay. We get invalidated or we get, you know, like repressed, like, no, you do not uh, show up this way. You do this or you pull out a tantrum and you get ignored or, I mean, trauma can go as, as easy or as deep as, you know, even child abuse or a lot of things. So the more we get these emotions repressed and these experiences just like not seen or invalidated, the more we repress them. And repression comes from this need as an as a human to be part of something, to belong to our community, to our tribe, you know, to our pack. So if we notice as we're growing up that we don't be quite belong or we're not being accepted because of a behavior that we have or a thing that we said or, you know, a feeling that we had and we expressed and it wasn't quite welcome, we start repressing it and we start like walking away from it in order to be, you know, just like part of the clan. I don't know if clan is an English word, but it might be. Um, right. So as we're growing up and growing up and growing up, we just like detach from this authentic self, I'm just going to call it so that we can be included in our tribe. So eventually we just like practice. I mean, everything in life is practice, practice, practice. The more we practice something, the more we incorporate it into our actions, right? So as we're growing up, the more we practice repressing this and suppressing all of these emotions and needs, the more we dissociate from them. So eventually we grow into this, you know, adult or <laughs> perceived adult and we just completely disconnect from what need we had back there, right? So maybe, like, let's talk about something that's really close uh, to me. It's th this abandoned child issue. This, uh, If your parents left or if you lost a friend or whatever happened in your childhood that made you feel like you were not accompanied or, or you know, part of this community, Potentially, that is really ingrained in your system. So when you're an adult, how that might show up is like when someone leaves for a second, you freak the fuck out, <laughs> basically, right? You're just like, okay, what happened? Um, why are they leaving me? Why am I not worthy of someone staying with me? But instead of just like trying to calm down and connecting with this very, very early experience in our lives when something happened that made us feel abandoned or not worthy enough, we just stay in this moment and feel that we are not worthy. So we try and compensate as adults. So this is like a sort of disconnect that happens. We forget or we just like neglect this previous experience as a child. And we just like stay in the sort of in the present, but disconnected in order to just like continue participating in this society, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm hearing is it sounds like what disconnects us is mainly we're, we're so disconnected from kind of these traumas, these traumatic events or or barriers, challenges that come up in our childhood, because I guess we're not taking the time then to work through it because we don't know how. So then we have to kind of continuously, or, or I guess we, we we ignore it, we reject it and we move forward with in life 
not really thinking to look back and dive deeper into it. But then when we start to see kind of like patterned behavior is when something like a framework like this could come in and it's like, hey, well, have you thought back to where this might be connected to based on like your childhood behaviors or or environments or et cetera? Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's also this this that you're saying is that it's not that we don't want to connect with this part. It's just like we don't know how to mm-hmm. because this is precisely where it happens. We learned to disconnect from that in order to survive, and surviving can can be you know like it can have way too many meanings. Like it could be surviving just to be a part of a friendship group or, you know, a class, or it can literally mean surviving. You can be a victim of child abuse or like severe abandonment or like really traumatic events um, that actually had you disconnect from this experience in order to actually survive life and be alive right now, you know? Um, So it's not that you're not, wanting to connect with this it's just like you had to disconnect from it in 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 order to continue to participate in life right now mm. yeah i guess for our listeners i'd love for you to give up some examples of like what because maybe someone listening is not even aware that uh like that this is you know this is something that they could work towards and kind of like healing trauma or you know different struggles that they might be facing now so i'm curious you know you you mentioned kind of like the childhood abandonment which i can definitely relate to as someone whose father left or very early on you know and and how that might kind of uh you know manifest into um barriers in all kinds of relationships and also uh, I know that that definitely um spurred my independence and my need to be like a strong ass woman mm. because my mom was the only because my mom was my mother and my father right so I can mm-hmm. really connect to that so I'm curious you know because I, I feel like something that uh I know no one's life is like perfect but I remember there being you know when I was young thinking like ah oh, like these kids in my class, both their parents are at home and like, you know, they seem like they just have so much fun and like everything is perfect. But I'm sure that there's still things that could arise that they might not even have realized because they, you know, they might grow up and be like, yeah, my childhood was fine. But then realize (laughs) that like their father yelling at their mother for like, you know, the first 10 years of their life is something that, you know, it transforms them into an aggressive individual in their relationships or, or, you know, mm. just, just trying to think of some examples, um, maybe, you know, based on your experience, expertise, like what, what kind of common themes do you see that come up when, when individuals kind of go further into inner child work? Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a really fun question <laughs> because, um, I mean, we're all traumatized one way or the other, right? <laughs> so that, that makes life sort of like interesting. It's just like, as you're saying, we might not notice where we we see this. Um, let, let me let me go back to that. We might not notice where, where we see this this childlike uh, reactions uh, because we think like maybe like we don't want to bl- blame blame our parents, for instance. That's that's one of them. Like when we're like, no, I had like a perfect um, childhood and I didn't have really any issues. Like my friends did or the other side as you just shared with us like you might have been the only child or the child who who got left behind by their dad or whatever so a lot of the things that that we can start noticing and noticing this is this is like the 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 word that i would like to highlight it's just notice right 
what are the things that we can learn from our upbringing that are resulting in this feelings of maybe rejection or not, not belonging? So when we start looking at how we react, for instance, how do I, how, how do I deal with conflict when it arises, right? How do I feel when I feel rejected? Like what happens in my body? What thoughts do I have? Like what is usually my response to this? Do I behave aggressively? Do I, you know, go inward? Do I want to hide? Do I want to just like people please, which is one of the one of the most common behaviors in, in the society. It's just like we are wired <laughs> or sort of uh, wired to, to people to people please, right? To, to try and belong regardless of what that might, uh, what the cost might be, right? We, we are willing to, to walk all over our own needs in order to just like be accepted by someone. So that's something that we can start like looking at and paying attention to and be like, hmm, hold on, why am I people pleasing? Why am I doing this if it doesn't quite feel good for me? And then when we start asking those questions, which for me is just like one of the most powerful tools, uh, ask the question, why do I do that? And then eventually you might get to the root of, ah, I might need to belong. <laughs> this, this might be uh, what I'm needing right now. This might be my, my core need as a child that I didn't get fulfilled. And right now I'm trying to compensate for that, right? Or another thing to notice is, um, how do you react to confrontation? Like when you're confronted by your partner, by your friend, by your teacher, by whoever, or your boss even, like how do you react internally and, and externally, right? And a lot of this, when, when we start noticing these behaviors that we usually don't control because they are reactive, we usually don't control them. If we start noticing those, we can be like, okay, so there's something in here. There's some information in my subconscious that every time something like this happens, it just like blows out. It just happens. So if we start then questioning, like, okay, what is the trigger right here? Like, was it that I, and as you were saying just now, Jasmine, was it that someone raised their voice at me? Does that trigger something that might be from childhood? Was it maybe that my parents were asking me to be, you know, this perfect child that is like super well-behaved and never talks back and just like, you know, does as they're told. That is a child, a wounded child, right? It doesn't have to be like always super big, but it does affect how we how we become adults and how we um, relate to the world. A lot of um, a lot of things that that happen too in in our childhood is like this this um, conditioning that happens. Like you know, uh, walk straight, or you better not say what you're thinking, or do not talk back to me, or you know, even just like sex is bad, or make your parents happy. That that's another one. Like make me proud, son. You know, <laughs> make me proud, proud girl. So you're you're programmed as a child to, I I better not um, disappoint them, right? So as a child, in order to survive, in order to gain approval uh, of your parents or your care caregivers, um, then you're constantly striving to not disappoint your parents. So any behavior that they might not approve of, you're gonna immediately. Uh, you're going to immediately connect or, or well, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, you're going to register that that is not an acceptable behavior. So when you grow up, you might be thinking, no, I 
can only be a good boy. I can only be a good girl. I cannot disappoint my boss in this case or my partner or, you know, my country or however big you want to take it. And that is how it starts playing out. Wow, that's so huge. I didn't even consider like, I just started, I instantly flashed back and was like, oh my gosh, what are some of the like continuous things that my parents said to me that have shaped me? And um, mm. I think I expressed this to you recently that I did this uh, like abundance um, kind of program. It was just like a short kind of program. Um, it just kind of understanding oh. our relationship to uh, like specifically financial abundance and like how that could be rooted in your ancestral story. And mm -hmm. it wasn't really until then that I started thinking about how, um, you know, my parents being, well, first like, you know, coming from like a lower income family and then having a single mom. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was kind of always on the top of my head was always like save money, don't spend unnecessarily, like be, you know, uh, make sure that you're always like covered. And like, and that's why I got like a job at like 12 years old. Like mm -hmm. I was so young when I got my first job and haven't mm -hmm. done anything since. And I feel like yeah. that mindset, and I've explored that more recently, but that mindset has made me such a hard worker, but in a bad mm -hmm. way. It's made me a hard worker, not a smart worker. Uh, it's made me really, uh, you know, put aside joy and excitement, entertainment mm. and fun and, and, you know, investing in the things I really want to do because I was like, well, at the end of the day, like you got to make money and you got to save your money and you got to make sure that you're comfortable. Um, so I, I know for me, that's definitely something that's come up uh, in, in my childhood that is, that, you know, is something that I, I, again, is, is new for me to realize and be like, aha, aha moment. Now I get why I have such a bad relationship with money, uh, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so it's fascinating to think about, there could be so many little, uh, and also like being kids of the nineties or like, or like the, 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 yes. the 80s. like, I feel like parents, parents, I mean, I don't want to like stereotype parents back in the day, but I just feel like, you know, everyone was reading the same parenting books, was getting the same parenting advice. You know, there was a very like mainstream concept of what a good housewife, good mother was and what a good mm. working father was. And that disconnect between the, you know, the fact that like a kid is like observing this and what the, you know, from, if you think about it from, from their eyes, what you're seeing is that your father, you only see them for like a couple hours every day. And then on the weekends, he's mm -hmm. on the sofa drinking, watching TV and doesn't have time for you because he's so stressed out from work. And, you know, your mother is, you know, possibly if she wasn't working or if she was like not, not getting the attention that she needs in that relationship. And then having to put all of her everything into raising her children and like mm -hmm. about the disconnect between your parents and then that, how that can come back to you. And then how just little comments here and there, even, you know, for example, my, my brothers, uh, we, I, I have, a, I actually have three little brothers, um, yes. um, and I have two stepbrothers. So we have, uh, we have different, uh, fathers, um, and then, so they have the same father, but, uh, and then my youngest stepbrother, um, we don't share the same father or mother, but my mom, uh, married, uh, his, this is, oh my God, what, what a family tree I'm trying to explain. This is so hard to explain <laughs> in audio version, but either way. So I, I have three brothers and we have, we have different parents and, but my two brothers who, um, obviously 
had a different father, but I, you know, we all grew up in the same household. I was very much involved in their life. You know, I can see how uh, their father, who uh, I hope that nobody from that side of the family listens to this podcast, uh, but, uh, you know, just (laughs) had a lot of self-work to do uh, before he came Mm -hmm. and became a father. And it's so evident to me now because of the way that he treated me and my brothers. And when I, you know, sometimes I get so hurt looking at, you know, just mm-hmm. that my little brothers had to go through and, and, and like just little words here or there and the resentment between like, you know, a divorced parent, you know, having divorced parents um, and, and, but, and still seeing both sides and there being so much resentment and anger and that manifesting into the way that mm. they, you know, how they parent. And then those children then trying to navigate all of those emotions that aren't even theirs, it's their parents. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was heartbreaking. Um, that being said, my brothers are like so strong and they've done so much work to get out of that. And which is incredible for, for, for kids that are 19 and 20 years old. Um, however, mm. seeing that firsthand and it not being, you know, not being physical abuse, uh, not necessarily, it's not necessarily even, you know, intentional, you know, psychological abuse. It's just, you know, not being conscious of, of what they're saying, um, and realizing how that can impact the kids. And actually, sorry, just a side tangent that I, I have a, there's an episode coming up in the next couple of weeks with a good, a beautiful friend of mine named Kenda, uh, who uh, is going to dive into conscious parenting. So I think this is going to be like a great follow-up to mm. the episode because you, we really have to also understand, like if we're, you know, taking the time to do this work, I think is also so important for people who want to be parents, because if you're not able mm-hmm. to reconnect with your inner child, how can you support your 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 amazing little humans that you're bringing into the world without having you know having navigated your own shit because you know there's a whole world of shit out there that you're bringing them into (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah sorry i i think i i kind of went on a tangent there but i was basically just talking. no but this is perfect yeah just (laughs) looping back to how the idea of just statements and just little words here and there being repeated and how that can kind of almost brainwash a kid especially when you're so young Mm. and fragile and naive um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, and malleable, right. So I just want to, um, point, I mean, talk about two things that you just, just, uh, pointed out, which are incredibly helpful and, and important to remember. And one of them is just going back to parents, right? Like as adults, um, it's, it's really easy, but also really conflicting to, to just like, be like, oh no. So my, my parents like fucked me over, <laughs> right. This mm. is their fault. And I mean, unless your parents were a sociopath. Uh, sociopaths um it's usually not really their fault like we 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 also need to like make peace however long it takes for this because i know in some cases it's really not easy and in my personal um experience it's also been like quite a journey (laughs) but just like trying to to connect to this idea that our parents did the best they could with the tools that they had available at the moment right as you just said like potentially they were immature or with less knowledge or with a different type of upbringing or whatever it was but if it is possible in our own household or family history making sure that we remember that they were trying to do their best potentially however shape that took and if we start working with that with that idea, then maybe we can start healing this part of, of just resentment, right? So that we can then own our own um, reparenting, which is a concept that I love. And a lot of, uh, you know, therapists and psychologists and coaches work with this. It's just like, how do we reparent ourselves, right? Now that we are an adult and now that we've already been parent 
parented, parented, parented. Well, whatever, <laughs> by by <laughs> parents. <laughs> we we've already been been raised by someone, but now that we are actually starting to connect to our experience uh, as adults and seeing our child, how do we own that? How do we start? you know, healing this, this child that we have now? How do we say, okay, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Thank you, you know, care, caretaker back then. Now I'm just going to take responsibility for this and start, you know, seeing what I needed as a child and how can I fix it now or, or, you know, give it to myself now so that I can course correct or at least, you know, be connected to those needs. Because basically what happens when we have like a, a wounded child is just like there's a, a basic need that we were not able to address, that is not being met. And so that's why we're lashing out, right? Like maybe it's just like the need for attention or the need for communication, or we're compensated for it, compensating for a behavior, which is something that I wanted to, to touch base on, on what you just shared. It's just like, for me, for instance, I was sort of like put in this, this position of being the, the um, not the counselor quite, but yes, like the fixer. Right. I was placed in this position when I was younger and at a very, very young age uh, of like when there was sort of distress in the house or there was like um, conflict. I sort of like adopted or was given this this um, part of just like the the middleman. Right. Like just like the negotiator, the the soother. And it was potentially not conscious from by my parents. Right. That they maybe didn't want to put that on me but they they did for whatever reason so I grew up thinking and believing that I had to be the negotiator in my family that I had to be the one who who calmed everyone down or who would try and make sense of what was happening so that then I could express it to someone and then explain it and then be you know just like who was trying to to appease everyone in the house then later on in my life, as I as I became an adult and I had these behaviors, you know, like I had this resistance to certain relationships or or connection or just like a feeling that I was responsible for. I'm gonna say it like quite dramatically, but just to illustrate it, I was responsible for keeping the peace <laughs> in my house, right? And then eventually. It, it got so loud in my in my head, in my body, that I started questioning, like, wait, why am I the one having to to re- reconcile everyone in the house? Why am I having to be the one who who make tries to, to keep things peaceful here or who has to convince someone or of something else? And that's when I started just like, okay, let's revisit what happened in childhood. Let's revisit like what is my part in this family? When did I start believing that I had to be the peacemaker here and it's it's like a lot of, of asking questions and feeling things out and then eventually you you find the moment or the moments or the situation where where you like that you grew up in and you're like ah okay so I've been conditioned to this maybe maybe in purpose maybe not but that the fact is that you've been conditioned and you've been kind of shaped into this human that that thinks they're part in this community, society, pack, or whatever, is to be the peacemaker. And then you can start owning that and deciding whether you want to continue or not. And that's how you reparent. You, you can start telling yourself, like, hey, this was not, like, I'm sorry I had to go through that, right? This was not your responsibility. You were made believe that. And again, it was not because your parents were evil, but that, that was the best they could do back then. 
but you were made believe that you had to keep peace in the household. So when you grew up with that idea, anything that would threaten peace in your house or would, you, you know, just like start reflecting a little bit of violence or someone leaving or whatever, you would think and you would adapt and adopt into your 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 experience that it was your responsibility to keep everyone together, right? That was my experience. I'm talking from my childhood. And when you realize that as an adult, you're like, fuck, that's a lot for a child. That is so much. No wonder why, you know, <laughs> you have this abandonment issues. No wonder why, like in my in my case, when I started asking this question, like how do I react to conflict or confrontation? And then I started realizing that when the room got too warm or too hot, you know, with conflict, I would just like retract and start like trying to appease everyone and, and like self-soothe and be like, no, no, it's going to be okay. And just like be this middleman. And then when you see that, you're like, ah, of course, because I have this, you know, healer archetype that I was given, right? That it's not really mine. But it wasn't until I started asking questions that I realized, hmm, that wasn't my responsibility. It was given to me. And then you can start healing that part. So I don't know if I went on a tangent, but that's sort of like what happens. Oh, my goodness. No, thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like so many, so many humans can relate to that experience. And I think it's like, thank you for being vulnerable about it. And uh, what I think is also so beautiful here is that and I, and I hope our listeners really take this in. And, and what I'll do is I'll actually post in the show notes. I'll take all of the questions that Yvonne has gone through uh, throughout the episode so that to help you kind of navigate where you might be high level so you can start diving a little bit deeper into inner child work. Um, but I think just sharing these experiences and realizing that, oh, like, maybe I'm like, this is why this is happening. Like this is, this is, sorry, that, that wasn't very clear. This is why like X, Y, Z is happening. It's because it's connected into my childhood. So I, I think us giving real, real authentic, um, you know, uh, experiences uh, is so, so important here. And so I'd love to ask you here because I think that you are the queen of validating your own and others' feelings, experiences, uh, you know, what they're what they're navigating and i feel like on an individual level you know i know i struggle with that and i'm sure there are millions others so do you have any kind of you know advice to kind of wind us down in in regards to you know after you start going through all of all of this work at, at, how do you validate your own experiences and tell mm. yourself like hey it's okay like this is why this has happened now that you've understood it you know here's, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do this step. Cause I, I feel like once you've acknowledged that it's happened uh, or, or, or that, you know, you, something's come up for you, I feel like sitting with that emotion and that feeling can get so heavy. You, you aren't mm. even able to validate or, or think of what the next step is. So, so could you give us a little bit of advice around how, what, what does it look like to kind of validate your own experiences and how do you move forward so that you can heal? Yeah, yeah, this is like a super important question. And I think it's it's a work that takes a little bit of time, uh, but mostly compassion. And there's actually like a super good book that let me just like give the reference now in case anyone wants to read it. It's by Thich Nhat Hans, you know, the Vietnamese monk. Uh, it's called Reconciliation. He talks about, um, in, he doesn't quite talk only exclusively about um, inner child work, but he is often just referring back to 
a traumatized child within. So just have a look at that. And he's like really good at, and I'm connecting this with, with these questions that you're asking, which is like always listening compassionately to what's happening, right? So to go back to your original question is, first off, I think it's important to start remembering constantly that this is a process, right? So when we start noticing these behaviors, when we start noticing these feelings and these reactions, the first step for me is just like to notice it, like become an observer of what's happening without judgment, which is actually super hard, right? Because you can be like, oh no, I was an asshole again at saying that, or hey, they're being mean to me, or always like placing this this um, label to whatever is happening. It's something that we need to start observing first. It's, it's like a bunch of steps, right? We observe our judgment towards whatever reaction we had or whatever behavior we're experiencing. And once we can identify that judgment that we have, like, hey, I was being an asshole, we can start questioning that. Like, was I really being an asshole? Or why? Why Why do I say asshole instead of being maybe defensive or instead of maybe being, you know, um, like showing up for my need or whatever? Like, just starting to observe what is the judgment that we have towards whatever happened. And a good exercise for this one first is that like if it's too hard for us to just like look at it in ourselves, we can start noticing it in the reactions others have because as humans, it's easier to see <laughs> behaviors reflected in others rather than seeing it in us. When we see someone doing something, we can we can relate or not. And if we relate, then we can start noticing why. And it's usually because it connects with something that we that we also do, right? So if we notice, if we notice the small things um, that we can potentially be doing that invalidate other people's experience, then we can start questioning, like, huh, okay, so that what would they do that it's invalidating my own experience, right? Then um, a lot of the things that we can start using to like ground us into into you know just like easing a little bit of our inner, you know, rumbling and tumbling of, of like, fuck, I'm almost up. It's like, okay, what is it that I need? Like, why did I behave this way? Why did I get triggered? What happened when, I don't know, this person left and I feel ah, all angry and frustrated? What is it really down there? And just like remembering that you are feeling this for a reason. And in order to move forward and start like asking yourself what you need you first need to remember that you're human and that it is okay that you're feeling whatever you're feeling without judgment whatever you are experiencing in this moment it's what your body is needing to express it is information there's so much information in just our reactions so when we can step away from the judgments and just be with the feeling be like okay i'm fucking angry and that is okay and once we're okay with that emotion then we can ask the, the next question, which would be, all right, what is this anger telling me? Like, what's happening? What's the need, what's the need um, underneath this anger? Did I not get, you know, the space that I needed? Was I not being heard? Did I get offended? Was I, was a boundary violated? What, what is happening, right? Once we get to that next level, we're like, ah, okay, this is actually triggering something in me that is like, I do not like being told off by, you know, an authority. Why? And then if we dare go in a bit deeper, 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 
um, so it's like, oh, okay. Like when I was a child, I always got, you know, yelled at when I expressed something, right? So of course, what's happening right now when someone's leaving or, or screaming at me is this trigger of my really, really angry inner child being like, no, allow me to express myself, right? And it's just like a bunch of these little exercises of observing first. Like before we even try and dive into anything else, it's just observe what is happening with you and what might be the need behind that. Because if we can start reconnecting and rewiring all of these reactions to a need rather than a, you know, oh, I'm just being childish and stubborn, you can be like, no, I might be needing something here with compassion, like looking at, okay, why did I react this way? Because there's something way, way deep inside of me that is asking for attention. Can I give it my attention right now? Or do I just go down the path of judging, which is also okay because we're human, we're flawed, right? So we can just like judge, but if later that day or that week or that year, <laughs> or like in my, in my case, 10 years later, I can stop and be like, huh, so why did I react this way? Is this something that I repeat? And what is the need underneath this, this reaction? Then we can start like cultivating a, a little bit of, of compassion and active listening to our inner child, right? Our information. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's feel, I'm reflecting so, so deep um, on just like, oh gosh, now there's like this extra work I need to do. Okay, I need to, do, I need to think about this later. <laughs> I need to do this because it's, and, but I think what's so powerful what is in what you're saying as well, and I hope this really resonates with everyone, is that when you are feeling something uncomfortable, anxious in your body. And you're like, oh, like, why do I feel like this? It's so important to dive deeper. It's so, so important. And sometimes it's so deep that it does go right back to childhood and bringing back that connection and understanding where that comes from so that you can move forward and heal. Um, so I really, oh God, I, I, I'm going to include this all in a sheet that every, all our listeners can download because there's so many great, great questions that are here to, to be asked. There's activities here to include. And I, I really hope that this episode does inspire our community to want to do this work um, because it's not easy <laughs> at all. Like, you know, we're both like, yeah, 20 years later, 10 years later, like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's yes. something... And I remember I was saying this to you the other day, like I started reading that book, I Am uh, I Am Diosa. And it's like mm -hmm. this incredible, uh, like soul healing journey. And I was like, oh, I'll just read this over my winter break. No problem. And like, I've gotten like four pages in and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much work to do. <laughs> and and I think it's so important not to rush it because when you rush it, that's when the, the, you open the wounds and you just keep they just keep bleeding you know you they need to be healed they need to be nurtured you need to give them the natural <laughs> medicine they need so that they can close up and there might be a bump there but at least you, you you're not watching it explode every time you're like having a conversation with your 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 partner or you know next time you're at a family gathering and someone says something that like you know makes you just explode into tears you know what I mean mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so yeah, I, I I I feel like I always rant here because I just have like these amazing people who join me for the podcast and I get like carried away. <laughs> um, but this is this is fantastic, and and I think gives us a really a really tangible. Well, I, I mean, tangible in terms of like a, a, an emotionally mentally tangible way to approach kind of how to validate 
how to move forward in healing and, and when to kind of yeah. stop and identify and reflect so that you're not necessarily sitting there for five minutes being like, hmm, what do I need to think about in terms of my inner child work? It's like, no, 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 this is continuous work. And it's so important to yeah. time every time something comes up. Exactly. And and I think just one thing that's worth remembering is that we are dealing with a child, <laughs> right? If that helps, it, it's something that, that for me has, and my, my coach and mentor like has been like a great um, teacher in this. It's just like, just remember you're dealing with a child, right? Regardless of what, how you, you perceive that like, your own trauma. If we relate to our traumas or to our discomfort as if we were talking to, to a little kid, how would we talk to them, right? Like you would not be like, hey, stop fucking crying, you know, <laughs> or, you know, there's parenting ways. But anyway, like right now as a conscious adult, like how would you talk to yourself then? Like what is the, the tone that you would use to with this little child, right? What is it like if you see a kid crying right now, what would you do? Or if, if you needed to know what do they need, you wouldn't just like try and, you know, like spit it out already. Like, what do you need? It's just like relating to this, this need of yours with tenderness and with kindness and with compassion and with just like love, you know, when you're like hurting what you need, what a kid would need would be just like presence, even just like um, picturing yourself as a kid and, you know, seeing this little, if this is an exercise that really works, it's like, look at a picture of yourself when you're, when you were children, I mean, a child, sorry, English, <laughs> but when you were a kid, right? Look at, look at a picture of yourself when you, when you were like, I don't know, five years old, seven years old. And how would you talk to that kid if you were trying to ask them, like, what do you need right now? What do you need? And if you see that little face, you you would potentially not talk to them the way you are potentially talking to yourself when you have a tantrum with your partner and be like, oh, I was such a dick. No, like you would be like, what, what is it that you need? Why are you crying? Like what's happening? What, what need isn't being met so that we can navigate it? And so that we can tell it like, it is okay. It is okay that you're sad. Let's cry it out, out loud and then, you know, continue, right? You are safe. That's another thing that it's important to, to, to tell your, your child, tell yourself, like you are safe right now. Like what you are experiencing in this fight or in this confrontation is not longer current. It's not longer real. You are safe right now. So you can't just like open up, you know, just remembering that in this moment you are safe. If you are safe, of course, if you're not, then please don't say that. Um, but just like remembering that the way we talk to our inner child has so many, um, has so much power because if we keep on, on repeating what happened when we were children, just like repressing the emotions, then of course we're going to keep on repeating the behaviors that we have right now that we're trying to to reprogram, right? And that's it. I am feeling like there's so much coming up for me right now while you're talking. <laughs> so I feel like I'm getting a little bit emotional. <laughs> um, but but it, it's really powerful because it, it just makes me think about how many individuals, like my heart goes out to them, that haven't really stepped into a conscious mindset or thought a little bit more, put a little bit more intentional time into to what what barriers are in their way currently and that manifesting in all parts of their life and also being basically downloaded to their children. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm just really, 
yeah, I'm just feeling a little bit emotional about that. Because um, <laughs> collectively, we're also parenting uh, all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, actually, something I will add is, I think we forget how often that we we are taking on the role of parent in so many so many situations, and without even realizing it, like you know, I have two dogs, <laughs> for example, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or feeling like you need to take on a motherly role with your friends or, mm. um, or, you know, needing to step in for a sibling and really support them through something that, that you, that your parents can't, because it's something that they're still struggling with. Um, mm. and I think that's so powerful to, even if, you know, even if you don't want to be like, I feel like this work is important regardless, but like, let's say you don't want to be a parent. There's so many ways that, this work also just supports you in, in supporting others. Um, yeah. Because sometimes again, like, like just you coming into my life and, and, and providing me with, with opportunities to understand different concepts and different frameworks that can help me navigate trauma and, and, and wounds that need to be healed, I think is so, so powerful. So the more that we Work. And I think this is something we kind of talked about yesterday in terms of like wanting to do the work so you can support people in your community and make it accessible um, mm-hmm. is, you know, I, is ideally what's happening here. So I'm just really, really grateful for you. Thank you for, thank you for, for sharing all of your knowledge and also providing our community with a, a, a very realistic way to uh, dive into this, how to, how to move through it, how to start healing from it and, and, um, taking the intentional time to ensure that it's not impacting uh, our dreams and our goals and our and our and our amazing relationships and how we communicate uh, without you know and, and that manifesting years and years later and then and then being like oh shit <laughs> what happened there you know what why has everything fallen apart because and, and so yeah that's all I'm I'm losing I'm kind of losing track of my words. No, thank you for having me. And and again, this is like work that we all, I mean, if you start doing it, you're honestly never going to stop, right? Like this is just like a lot of, of things and it's just like compassion and, and remember that and everyone else, this is important. Now I'll close with this note is that you have a wounded inner child. Someone else does too, right? So just like remembering and seeing that in someone else might, might aid us in, relating more compassionately to to everyone else just like knowing that maybe their reactions come from trauma rather than from from their evil self you know um so i think this is just like a beautiful thing to remember all the time that we all have some sort of trauma and we are all living with it so the more that we are conscious about ours the more we can connect to to someone else's inhale the goodness exhale the bullshit Thank you for listening, and thank you for doing the work with us. If you're still feeling a little heavy after listening to today's episode, join us on the Conscious Badasses Facebook group. That is your safe, inclusive healing space to connect with the community that gets it. Together, we dive deeper into each topic with reflection questions. There's additional resources there available for you. And overall, it's just an incredible space for you to let it all out, especially if you feel like you don't have the right community during this time. To access the group, just hit us up at facebook.com slash groups slash conscious badasses. And of course, you can always find the link right in the show notes. Now, don't forget to breathe, eat your veggies, and if it feels just a little too heavy, take an intentional pause. What can you do to feel a little lighter, a little brighter? You got this.